Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how to make Christ-like compassion a lifestyle. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about striving to live a life modeled after Jesus. And in particular, adopting that compassion that he showed everyone he was around and truly even to us today. In John chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Christ loved me. Individually, he loved me. And that alone should compel me to love others, to forgive others, to help others when they need help. Christ and his sacrifice should breed uncontrollable compassion in my life. Jesus continues in John saying, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Compassion should be infectious. And it's a compassion that should feature dramatically in our lives. It should be the controlling focus of my life, to love God and to love others. It's a compassion that transcends anything this world can comprehend. How does the world think about compassion? You know, maybe we show up to a a funeral to comfort a friend. We bring some soup to someone who's sick. We offer someone help when they're in trouble financially. And these things can all be included in the compassion Christ told us to display. But he says it's so much more than that. I need to lay down my life for others. Everything I am and everything I have, I am to dedicate it to other people. That's a radical compassion that the world won't comprehend. But accepting Christ and his sacrifice demands compassion. Christians, we can struggle with this. We can become jaded over time. Maybe our compassion has been used against us one too many times. And we've started listening to the world that says it doesn't make sense to keep allowing yourself to be hurt. But imagine what would have happened if Christ would have listened to that logic. It didn't make any sense for him to sacrifice his life for us after we repeatedly rebelled against him. And yet he still chose to make that sacrifice. And it's because his compassion is radically different than ours. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5, 43 through 48. Jesus said that anyone anyone can love people. Uh, Anyone can can treat people well who treat them well. That makes sense. That's just quid pro quo. Uh, Even the tax collectors could see and do that. But Christ's compassion wouldn't make sense to them. We become perfect through the blood of Jesus who loved us, even though we never gave him a reason to love us. And we are to reflect that same kind of compassion to everyone we meet. 
So we can't allow ourselves to become jaded because Christ did not allow it, even though we gave him every reason to. We need to make this compassion a lifestyle. Compassion should seep into every dark corner of our life and brighten it up. But we're going to just talk about two facets of our life today where compassion should thrive. First, we have to have compassionate preaching. When we are proclaiming the gospel, we can compromise the message in two ways, spirit and truth. And just like we're vigilant that our teaching is rooted in the truth that we find in the word of God, our mode of teaching must include the spirit and the fruits of the spirit. Take the example of Jeremiah. He was preaching to people who didn't want to hear what he had to say. They had lost the desire and the ability to be ashamed of their blatant sin, according to Jeremiah 6.15. And their rejection went so far as they tried to murder him, throwing Jeremiah into a pit of mud to suffocate in Jeremiah 38. You know, the world would say, that's when you know it's time to pack up and let someone else deal with them. You know, raise an army, attack these people. But Jeremiah didn't. He cried out for his people. He cared for his people. He showed compassion to his people. The Christians in the New Testament did the same. When writing his letter to the Romans, Paul warned the lost of their condemnation under, under the law, and he prayed that they might come to know the truth. He was always eager to show his love for those Romans. He would refuse to obey the gospel. He was compassionate. And we need to be compassionate when we talk to others about the good news of Jesus. If we aren't, then we might know the truth, but we aren't living it. We worship and serve in spirit and truth. Otherwise, it's not worship. That doesn't mean we have to compromise. Jeremiah and Paul were compassionate, but they were never compromising. Their, their pleadings with others to know God fully it was not some watered-down version of God. It was him completely. We cannot compromise truth, but we cannot compromise spirit either. So first, we need to make compassion central to our proclamation of the word of God. And second, compassion should flow into our relationships. The Roman philosopher and playwright Lucius Seneca observed, wherever there is a human being, there is an opportunity for kindness. And quite truly, there is no one in God's creation who is not deserving of our compassion. Our relationships should grow to be more compassionate every day. One of my favorite commands in the letters by Paul is where he's talking to the Thessalonians and, and several times he asks them to love. He mentions it several times. In 1 Thessalonians 3.12, he says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Now, compassion doesn't seem like something that the Thessalonians were lacking. You might be able to say that about other Christians at the time. Corinthians seemed to struggle with it, but not these Thessalonians. And yet Paul asks them again and again to love more. Why? Well, because you can never love too much. You can never show too much compassion. Paul tells them to let their love bubble up, to overflow on each other so that it, it reaches the world, everyone in it. Our love should be never ending and ever growing. If I can go to bed tonight and say, I loved a whole lot that day, and I showed a whole lot of compassion today, God tells me, I need to do even more tomorrow. If I'm still breathing, I am not done in my pursuit of being more compassionate. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life 
for his friends. My work is not done until death. I am commanded to pour everything that I have into my relationships with others until I have nothing left to give. Why? Simply put, that's what Christ did for me. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.